Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as announcer guy told you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And if you're interested in producing your own show, go to pod617.com to get started. That's what we do at the Boston Podcast Network. And this is the first show that I have recorded in 2021. And as I was just saying to my guests... For some reason, I woke up and uh, the calendar turned and everything's kind of the same shit show it was in 2020. Pardon my French, but I have an awesome guest to kick things off here in the new year. Her name is Rosalind Gonzalez. She is the managing director for BNI Massachusetts. It's a networking group that uh, you're going to hear a little bit about in networking in this new world order. And by the way, she's tons of fun. So here's Rosalind in the, the virtual studio and the crowd is on their feet. Yes. All right. How are you? Good, good, good. So, how has your life been? How has your pandemic been? How's your happy new year? How are things going, Rosalind? Oh, my goodness. Well, I had to do, gosh, it's been a crazy ride for 2020, obviously. I think a lot of us are kind of in the, what do they say, the same storm, different boat kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) I might steal that, actually. Yes. Oh, yeah. There was like some type of, um, this Facebook post that I reposted. I'm like, oh, I look like a rock star just because I was able to repost something and put my spin on it, which is what I'm good at. Just take credit. Just take credit. You found it. Absolutely. Yep. So I know a little bit about BNI. I've attended some meetings, but one of the things that all professionals are dealing with, and it's not going to be over anytime soon, I don't think, with these virtual meetings. I'd say we'd still got, I don't know, six months, eight months, 12 months, something terrible. And uh, we're trying to do everything virtually. So how has things changed? Now, did you come on board BNI during the pandemic, pre-pandemic, or what was that? Well, so BNI, it's a networking organization. Obviously, it's one of the largest ones in the world. So my seat within BNI, and BNI has different chapters, and each person that holds a seat does something a little bit different. So my seat within my chapter, which is located in Amesbury, which is obviously now on Zoom, I held the AFLAC seat, so the supplemental benefits seat. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing, gosh, since 2007, is working for myself. And BNI has really helped my business in that aspect. But as things progressed with the pandemic and 2020 and all the fun stuff that we could, you know, go on for days and days, it kind of morphed into just being a little bit more involved in BNI. And towards the end of the year, the managing director position opened up and I was fortunate enough to be able to step up and really help out my team and Massachusetts really just move forward. So, okay. So you've been a, a BNI person for a while, just in a different um, kind of mode and how, just tell me how things shifted and how things, I take it the meetings always used to be in person and 
the way BNI works is everybody has a different seat, right? So you've got, you could have a business owner, you could have a divorce lawyer, an accountant, and you're the benefits person, etc. And did things just kind of go all virtual just overnight as it happened? Pretty much. So I want to say, like, if I can remember the time frame correctly, is that, of course, March, everything kind of starts to shut down a little bit. And then I want to say it was like the 17th was a Friday, everything changed. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, guys, we're going virtual, we're going on this platform called Zoom. And I will be honest with you, I was like, what the heck is Zoom? Like, yeah. I don't know what that crap is. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? What, what is this? Right. So they did a really great pivot. Within a week, most chapters in Massachusetts were online. But I was one of those folks that was kind of like lying on my couch, feeling a little bit depressed, like, oh my gosh, my business is a complete standstill. If we walk outside, we're dead because of all the, the fear that they had going on. Yeah. But they've done a really great job with pivoting and making sure that people are safe or meeting online. And it is a really great option because each like week, like you mentioned, David, every person does something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So it's just a great way just to kind of have that camaraderie and that team spirit to really keep moving forward. Cause that really helped me during that pandemic or the pandemic we're still in. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on the eve of the pandemic, I was, my buddy Max was turning 50 and he had announced amid much fanfare that we were going to do a big trip to Arizona and we were going to go and get some sun and watch some preseason baseball games and go to the bar, his favorite bar out there called the Rusty Spur and just have a guy's trip. And I was really looking forward to it. And I had my ticket booked. It, it was March something. I don't remember. It's all a haze. But and right up until the, my, I remember my flight was scheduled to leave at like, you know, 6.30 a.m. the next morning. He was already out there. But then slowly people started bailing on the trip thinking, I don't know, this might be bad. This might be bad. And at like 1 a.m. he texts me. He goes, abort. I'm sorry. It's over. And so, and the, and the cruel fact of the matter is he kind of said, well, hopefully we can do it again in a few months or something or worse comes to worse. We'll do it in March of 2021. And now we can't even really plan that. Oh, I mean, remember when we said, I remember when it hit in March, people were like, well, as soon as, by the time the summer rolls around, it's going to be a great summer. We're going to get to go outside. Nope. Still here. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'll share with you. I was sure. kind of bad, and we had a trip actually pretty recently to Cancun. Oh, wow. So totally broke the rules. I didn't really tell a lot of people about it because there's a lot of <laughs> haters out there, and sometimes friends and family may not be as supportive. I know my folks are like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't believe we're going somewhere during a pandemic. I'm like, I know, but we're mm. two weeks out, so we're good, thank goodness. How, it was a lot of fun. how was it? Did you have fun? Yes, I did have a lot of fun, absolutely. Was, we went with a couple of friends, right. and it was just Nice. I felt really safe. Everything was outdoors. I guess really the only time that you're eh, a lot of people would be during the, um, in the airports. Right. It was fine. Right. It was fine. I know a lot of folks that have done some traveling a well, lot. Everybody's kind of like low key about it just because right. not everybody feels the same way, which is absolutely fine, but yep. we took the risk and it was totally worth it. Well, it's worth it so far, but who knows? So you, so you, you might be a super spreader, right? But you, I'm sure you're not. No, I don't, I don't mind if that's what, I don't know if you found this. During the course of the pandemic, I, I did do some networky things that were in person. It was usually like we did something like a breakfast meeting outside in this guy's backyard, basically. He had kind of a nice patio area and had some coffee and stuff. That was before the weather got cold. It was actually getting a little chilly on that day, I remember. And uh, I don't know, it was still a little depressing because everyone's socially distancing, like half the people are wearing masks, half aren't. And it's like, uh, I don't know. Do you think we will get back to that anytime soon? To in person? Yeah. 
It's going to happen. I, I think at some point this year, it's not going to be tomorrow and it's probably not going to be in the next few months because there's so much stuff happening just in the world. And we just want to make sure everybody's safe. But I really just feel like sometimes you, know, you have to figure out what is best for you and your family, of course, because mm-hmm. my situation is going to be different than somebody else next door or across the country. So it's really what you feel best at. But, you know, social distancing, those masks are really the way to go. Yeah. Let me ask you about your general philosophies about networking. Let's stop talking about the pandemic. For, yeah, it, it'll be good good for our collective souls yes so i've been i used to be a financial advisor before that i was a lawyer i've failed at many things rosalind but i've always networking has always been part of what i've done and i'm always interested to ask people what their sort of strategies are because something like bni it sounds like plug and play you show up to these meetings you're the this guy and then you talk about business opportunities and then magically people will send you their clients for the need but it's usually not as, as simple as that. And sometimes you can go to these things and f- some months go by and you're like, well, nobody sent me a client yet. Am I doing anything wrong? Give us sort of your philosophy, how you seem very comfortable in this zone. It's, it's already very obvious to me, having known you for a relatively short while. But tell us what kind of things you do to set yourself up for, for success in a networking group. Gosh, I really think it's all about the preparation and it's your mindset. I was actually just sending it somebody an email and remembering because I started my business in 2007. I joined a BNI chapter about six months into so 2008. I want to say it was March around that time. And it was one of these things where I used to be like cold calling up a storm, like tethered to the phone. This is when we still had headsets attached to a legitimate phone. I think I had a flip yeah. phone at the time. <laughs> and just the best way to, you know, really build your business was cold calling. And this one gal came in and she's like, oh my gosh, I heard about this great opportunity, BNI. They give you business through referrals. I'm like, hells yeah, I'm going to get rich. Like yeah, that right, is right, my right. thing that I'm going to make get all this money and all this business. But the reality is it's really just, it's a contact sport. It's really how much you're putting into it. So like you mentioned, David, like it is a plug and play where we have this great, it's like a secret sauce. You follow the formula, it's good. But if you're not putting the time, like anything, like any business, you can't just show up and be like, hey, pay me. You have to put some work into it. So for me, networking, it's really just getting to know the people that are within my sphere. So people that do something similar where we can be able to pass business to one another and really get to like, know, and trust them. Because honestly, I don't want to work with folks that like I'm not having fun with that maybe Mm -hmm. aren't passing business to me, but it's what I'm giving. It's a giver's gain philosophy. Mm -hmm. So when I was 27, 28 at the time, like, oh man, like I said, I'm going to get rich right away. It's not the case, but it really has a great structure and really the support system behind it too really helps. It's one of these things where you can't measure it with a dollar amount. It's just like the learning that I've gotten, the education, the people that I surround myself with, like really any situation that I've had in my lifetime, whether it's buying a home, going through a divorce, opening an office, closing, whatever the case might be, BNI has been there to help me because there's people that do exactly what I need that are specialists in that and really are going to take care of myself as well as my clients, family, and friends. Mm-hmm. So that answers your question because I really it get does. super excited when I it talk does. about it. No, no, and it's it comes through. It's it isn't it's formulaic, and then it also isn't because the, the formula needs to be there to put you in front of the right people to send you business. But then, if you are an automaton, if you have no personality, or if you are kind of just in it saying, "Here's what I do now, please send me clients," it's certainly not going to work. And no, like trust is a oft repeated mantra among a lot of networking groups. And you can say it, but you got to kind of live it too, right? So like one of the things I try to do whenever I have a meeting with anyone is you said preparation. That's a great one. 
I just try to find out there's a lot you could, you don't want to be an internet uh, stalker or anything, but you want it. But if it, it always helps to know a few things, just where the person went to college, where they grew up with a little bit of sleuthing, you can find, you can find out if they have kids, if they love sailing or some such thing. And if you bring that up during the course of the meeting, as long as they don't sound like a stalker, you're off and running and you have something to, to talk about, right? You believe, do you believe in that Absolutely. kind of stuff? Oh yeah, they, we have this thing, this tool called a gains profile, which really just shows you what your interests are, what your activities are, what your networks are. So you can send that to people beforehand. So it's just like a quick little bio. It's like what their interests are. Okay, they're, they have kids, they belong to a soccer team, or maybe they used to do real estate, or maybe they know a little bit about insurance, or maybe they love karaoke. My boyfriend and I love going out. Well, we used to love going out, but we have an at-home system right now. And so little things like that where I'm like, great, I can connect with them as a person because like I feel like way more more energized to do business with people that I really want to see succeed that are like similar to myself. But in all honesty, I just love finding those connections because you just never know who knows who and where your next friend might come from. Yeah. Karaoke is a great way to get to know people. I think. Yeah. You've stumbled upon one of my guilty pleasures. Do you have a go-to song? I need to ask you that. I have a million go-to songs, but if I had (laughs) to choose one, it would probably be Madonna's Isla Bonita. Oh, really? It's kind of a deep pull. Yeah. It's uh, Madonna is actually is a good person to copy for karaoke because she actually she can sing just fine. But she's kind of in a she's not like uh, an opera singer and and where it's going to be hard to hit all the notes. That's why I I lean towards Bon Jovi, because he doesn't do anything too complicated either. So I think my go to song is probably Without Me by Eminem. Because being a white guy, a white rapper of his repute, is he's a role model to me. And uh, it's a song that is a little bit difficult, but if you know the words, it's not bad. You can go, you can try to sound good, or you can just try to be sort of fun. I'm looking at a list uh, of the top karaoke songs ever as voted by timeout.com, whoever they are. Number one is a Prince song. Can you guess what it is? Oof. Little Red Corvette, maybe? No, see, that would be a good guess. Purple Rain, which is strange, because oh. I don't see that being, it's, it's kind of uh, meandering. Number two is Be My Baby by the Ronettes, which is like a song Aww. from the 50s, which I don't get. Number three, I can get on board with. I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, see, who doesn't love that? <laughs> now, have, is there a karaoke bar you've been to that is your favorite? So there's a place up in Salisbury. It's not quite open right now, I don't think, but it's called Uncle Eddie's. It's like this real dive bar. It's like right on the boardwalk. So we'd love to go up there because sometimes they would have karaoke at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And because I'm getting a little old, I'm like, oh my God, thank God I can be home by like six or seven <laughs> and not have to worry about driving and just not have to deal with any of that nonsense. So I love a good afternoon. So in, in the karaoke mecca for me was the uh, place called the Cat's Meow in New Orleans. And I don't, yeah, I used to, when I worked for Lawyers Weekly in Boston, our sister paper was New Orleans City Business. And so occasionally we would have jaunts down there. And the, the thing about this karaoke bar was it was a good shtick. They had live hosts, meaning there was either one or two like dudes up on stage, or sometimes it was a woman. But they would be like kind of ushering the next person on stage and not just somebody going like, OK, Bill S, it's your turn to sing. <laughs> like it, it, they would be like egging people on. And then if the person was flailing in the song, they would like back them up or chime in or something or kind of get up there and dance with them. 
So it was, it was great. The problem was you would go there on a Friday night and it's like you put your name on the chalkboard and then you wait like three hours. Um, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. I'd rather go to a place where there's like nobody there. So I go like three or four times and get it out of my system and not have to share. Like that sounds terrible. But that's yes. Like. Have you ever owned a karaoke machine? We have one. That oh, was our have... Christmas gift to each other a okay. couple of years ago. So it's not like a machine, but we built it together. So we have a couple of like the microphones. And then recently we got like those little like I don't want to say, but like these condoms that you can put on, like they're just like a little like yeah. shower cap for the microphone. So that way you mean like this, like, like the, the, the foam covering to a microphone, there's a foam, but then there's also yeah. something that goes on top of it, oh, which okay. I kind of saw during throughout the pandemic. I'm like, Oh, cool. We get them on Amazon. couple boxes, like a hundred, but they're little oh. like shower caps. You smush them on and call it a day. I see. Yeah, I should look into that. The pandemic friendly karaoke and microphones. Absolutely. I mail you some cause we've used like five. <laughs> It's just like my boyfriend and I, do you know what I mean? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole karaoke game, and I didn't know we were going to go into a whole deep dive over karaoke, but what the hell. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it's the, the game has changed because it used to be, I bought a karaoke machine probably in the 90s or something, and it was a freestanding thing where you would put in a CD, and I think it, had a, it either had a screen on it or you just hooked up the screen to any TV you had around. And, but then you had to pick the song, like, okay, disc number eight, song number four is Uptown Girl, Paris the Thought. <laughs> Don't ever sing that song, by the way. Even Billy Joel hates that song. But, and then, and then it kind of changed a little bit and you could find some stuff online. Now, any song you want to sing on karaoke, it's on YouTube. So it's, it, isn't it, isn't technology just marvelous? Rosal. There's like no excuse not to be like a karaoke <laughs> Jedi or master at this point. Are you kidding me? Like every person that we meet, like my boyfriend, Chris and I look, like, Hey, like we throw it out there that we like karaoke because we're always looking for folks to just go out and have fun with. They maybe have over once we get to know them and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's just, we're actually hopefully going to be closing on a little beach house in Salisbury in a Ooh. couple weeks, which is like fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. And like in my head, I'm like, we're gonna do karaoke. Uncle Eddie's gonna open up, we're gonna have the best time. We can zoom in between if we need to, whatever the case may be. Like we are so like we love just like having fun. Love it. I'm in. Right. Just put me on the on the yes, future guest absolutely. list. We'd yeah. love to have you. There were one of the the second home I ever owned, I think we we finished the basement and we built kind of a mini stage with stage lights and a, and a DJ booth so we could have karaoke parties. It, it never got used as much as it should have, but nope. yeah, but, but yeah. Because we weren't friends. That's why I would have yeah, been there. You, yeah. Week. See, you like, would have kept it going. <laughs> yeah. We also used to do a fundraiser called the Yazdies, which we did for autism research where we'd have people dress as your favorite music star and then do karaoke and stuff. So yeah, we just got to hang out more often. Absolutely. We might have to do a whole nother podcast on just on karaoke. I think so. so tell if people want to, if people are wondering whether BNI would be good for them, what do they need to ask themselves? And then how do they need to go to you maybe and find out about, about how to get involved? Sure. So I really think the biggest thing is like, how's business going for you? If you're looking for more business and if you're kind of tired of like, oh gosh, I've been doing these cold calling, or maybe I paid for a print ad in the newspaper that really hasn't really given me the, the best uh, return on investment, go to bnimass.com. It's super easy. You can find out a ton of stuff, but go visit a chapter. The nice thing, one of the, the positives is that everything is online now. So most of our meetings start at 7 a.m., which the first time I heard about that, I'm like, that's gross. Yeah. I don't mm. want to have anything to do with 7 a.m. I'm not a morning person. BNI has since made me such a morning person. So that's one of the outcomes of that. But you can go visit a chapter. You can roll out of bed at like 630. Make sure that you're Zoom appropriate from the waist up. <laughs> and go pitch your pitch your spiel to BNI. Right. They have 
I think we have over 100 chapters. I can't remember specifically, 103, 104 chapters right now. So there's a place for you. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason you maybe you have a seat that's really popular, like our real estate sphere is very hot. Everybody wants a seat there because the business is so good. Just come visit. Shoot me an email. My contact information is on that website and we're happy to find you a place. But just go visit. See what's what. And if it's a fit, great. And if not, that's okay. Awesome. Easy to remember too. BNI Mass. Dot com and ask for Rosalind and tell her what your favorite uh, karaoke song is. Maybe you'll earn a couple points there as well. So cool. So before we go, Rosalind and I are going to play a round of good stuff where we both recommend something good to maybe lift your spirits a little bit during the pandemic. And uh, she's had all of like seven minutes to think about it. So cut her some slack, people. But I'm sure it will be great. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you what we do here at pod617.com. The Boston Podcast Network is where you go if you want to have your own podcast. That's right, kids. Is now a good time to start up a show? Well, as a matter of fact, it is. We're doing everything remotely. We've been doing it remotely for a number of years now. Our studio in Westwood, Mass., is open and pandemic-friendly, very sanitary. But most people are doing their podcast remotely. We will send you a quality USB mic, not one of those crappy ones. Don't And appropriate for karaoke, too, Rosalind. So you could. You, that's just a bonus. You can keep the mic and use it for whatever purposes you want. But we'll produce your whole show, start to finish, intro music, outro music, Podcasting. I was about to say karaoke. Karaoke is a great way to connect with your network. It is. But podcasting as well is it is an excellent way to keep in touch with your slew of professionals, your clients, your prospective clients, and everyone in between. You invite them as a guest on your show, and they'll be amazed and dazzled by what a quality show you have. Go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. So you can tell how cool the guest is on the Boston podcast by how rhythmically they dance during the B-52s themed intro to Good Stuff. And Rosin, you were on it from from beat number one. So you passed the audition for sure. Would you like to go first, Rosin? Something you can recommend to our listeners to maybe brighten their day. Something good. So recently, uh, yesterday, we just finished the third season of Cobra Kai on Netflix. Oh, yes. Which is part of the um, Karate Kid franchise. Yeah. So we saw the first two seasons when they came out last year or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm so over Karate Kid. Like, it's so old. Right. But then, of course, it's Ralph Macchio, who's aged pretty well, as well as Johnny, can't remember his name, the, the blonde. Johnny Lawrence is the character. Uh, yes. Billy Zabka is the, the actor. Yeah. That's it. So, so yes, we just finally saw the last one. and. No spoilers at all, but you know, towards the end, of course, when the story kind of wraps up, they have like all these like these great camera shots, and I'm just like my boyfriend, like, oh my god, this is so good! I can't wait for season four. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. I just really enjoy that stuff. It's kind of cheesy, but it feels good, and it's just like an easy binge. I love it. Yeah, it it, it is great, and for those of you who who don't know, it is a, a reboot of sorts of the Karate Kid franchise, and I had the same reaction you Rosalind at first. It was like. Most reboots of that nature are like, spare me. I don't need to see those Saved by the Bell kids and what they're, yep. where they're up to now. But what they did was they made this uh, for our generation. And I'm older than you, Rosin, but I, I grew up with, with those movies. And it tur- first of all, it turns the whole Karate Kid on its head. Because the bad guy, the guy we're used to, the long guy, Johnny, who was the evil guy who was ultimately defeated at the end of Karate Kid, he's now sort of the protagonist. He's the guy we feel bad for, right? 
yeah, I just can't get over like how good, and it's just everything about him because this, the character is stuck in the eighties. So he'll be not really, doesn't have a smartphone or anything, but he's like, send it to the internet because he doesn't quite get it. And so like seeing him just try to figure out how it is in in today's world versus how it was 20 years ago and his like big old car and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. And it's amazing how Ralph Macho looked like he he hasn't aged. I don't know. Yeah. He's got great genes. Yeah. He's, although he's, he was sort of painfully like spindly and skinny back in the day. And he still is, he still is, but he doesn't look much older. And then they bring back the old sensei. I forget that actor's name, but he's the, the kind of real evil guy who was head of the Cobra Kai um, group. And he's great. They even bring back, I don't know if you noticed, but the actress who plays, Ralph Macchio's mom is the same from the original series. So oh, she's yeah. still around. And I heard, I guess, have you started watching season four yet? Is, the, has, is this the more recent one? Yeah. The one yeah. That yeah. Did, I it did ju- see it. No, like this would have been just the last couple of days or maybe it's not even live yet. Season four. Okay. The, no, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah. I don't think I've, I don't think it's, it's out yet. I'll, I'll check that. Yeah. I know it's coming any day now, but I heard that what's her name? Elizabeth Shue may make an appearance. I did see her. Yeah, I think that's. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay, so you you are watching this latest yeah. one. Okay, yeah. It is good. Uh, she. I was like, oh my god, there she is. She looks great too. Yeah. I had a friend that used to say that. Like, what did he used to say? He said that men age like a fine wine, where they get better as they age, and sometimes women have an expiration date like milk. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> am I a milk? But she's definitely not milk. She ages. I like don't wine. think that's true. I think it depends. She <laughs> is a little mean sometimes, but I I just laugh every time I think about that because I'm like, some of these dudes look really nice. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just getting older and I like it better. I don't know. Right, right. So that's a great one. <laughs> Cobra Kai, go back. And I'm jealous of you who haven't checked it out yet because now you've got four seasons to, to work with. And it's just a lot of fun. It's really well done. So I will recommend a documentary I just saw on Netflix. And for a while, I avoided this because I thought it was about cats. I'll explain. The, the name of the documentary is called Don't F With Cats. Don't F dash dash with cats. And I thought it was about cats and how people love their cats so much. Turns out it's it's not about cats at all. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer here. And Rosalind, you can watch. The, our listeners can listen to this if I find it. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. So from Netflix, here's the trailer to Don't F with Cats. Are you ready? The internet is boundless. There's the happy places. And then there's another part of the internet. The seedy underbelly. I was on Facebook one day. And I found this video. I pressed play. Was the worst video I've ever seen. It needs to be stopped immediately. People went nuts. So we started looking. He could have been anywhere on the planet. This person wants to play a game of cat and mouse. And I'm up for that. There's a lot of information in the video. You see a door handle, electrical receptacles. Everything pointed to North America. But then you hear some voices. He was Russian. Oh, maybe he's located in Russia. Lots of people looking to find this guy. There was a tidal wave of leads that were coming in. I wasn't going to stop until I found him. Clearly, this video is not the end. Something bad is about to happen. He's going to kill somebody. All of a sudden, another video appears. My mind doesn't want to believe it's true. All right, I'll cut it off there just to keep you all in suspense. So have you seen this, Rosalind, by any chance? No? I did see that. Yep. In the beginning of the pandemic, I was asking my sister, like, what's good to watch? I got nothing going on. She told me about this. And 
it feels like years that I've seen it, but it was just like a handful <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, it's, it's been out for a while, so my Gosh. apologies if it's old news to anyone listening, but I just kind of saw it and let it go. But, man, it, I think it's three, just a three-episode short mm-hmm. documentary series. But as you can tell from the thing, what it started out was by these animal rights activists saw this guy, I won't give it all away, but basically torturing some cats on in this video. And, it, and I'll, I'll say this, they don't actually show it on the documentary. They sp- And I didn't want to see it. Like, there's some things you just don't want to see. And that's what this is about. And so then there are whispers that, well, if he does this to cats, he's probably going to do it to a person. Because if you look at the history of like serial killers, that's how they get started, which first seems like an overreaction. Then all of a sudden, it's not an overreaction. And it's just... It's really riveting how they eventually zone in on who, who, what the guy, the bad guy, and then there's the search for him. And it was one of these things that after the story's over, like, how come I never heard about this when it first happened? I guess it happened maybe a few years ago or something. But anyway, so don't f with cats. Thumbs up from you too, Rosalind. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love those cat mouse kind of things. Like find the bad guy. Like all these yeah. internet stuff that I'm not great at. I love to see. Yeah, and what it what part of the theme of the show is. You have the internet sleuths who are just normal people. Like the voices you heard are just people. Like the one woman. Like you and me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they get obsessed with it and they form this community. And by the end, you get the feeling that they actually know more about this guy than the actual authorities do. And for a while, the authorities don't listen because these are internet weirdos. And it's like, who's the weirdo? That's what it poses. Anyway, so yeah, don't F with cats and make sure you check out Cobra Kai. And Rosalind, I have to have you back on the show. We can give our full like uh, review of Cobra Kai and preview season five. I assume they'll do one because it can never end. It should never end. Once again, if you want more information on Rosalind Gonzalez and BNI, go to BNIMass.com. Rosalind, I hope you had fun. I did. Thank you so much, David. This was a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Make sure you check out all the information about BNI. It's good stuff. And even during the pandemic, it's useful and it's fun, as you can tell. You might even get to sing a karaoke song. On behalf of Rosalind, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. I am a father.